0: Welcome back to my podcast. I'm very pleased to announce today's guest is Maria Coccioloni. Marie's been around a long time. In fact, she graduated from beauty school in 1985. She is the founder of O Cosmetics. That is Australia's number one professional skincare brand. So a very, very clever girl. She founded In Skin Cosmetics, and that's a medical aesthetics distribution company. And she founded that in 2007. She's also the co-founder and, and of a second professional skincare brand called Ginger and Me. Now, Maria is the only person in Australia to have created two successful skincare brands. And if you ask her why, no one else has attempted this. She said, well, because maybe it's because I'm a bit of a dickhead. (laughs) One brand is a dream, she said, but two, yeah, let's just be honest here, that's insanity. She's a fun girl and you will really enjoy the banter that we have here today. So sit back and enjoy a story about Maria Kochel welcome to Salon Conversations. It's Lisa Conway, your host. We often know the public face of those that we look up to in the hair and beauty space, but I'm really keen to find out the real story. Why this industry? Where did it all start for them? Where are they now? And where do they expect to be next? In this podcast, I'll be looking behind the Salon door, because that's the conversation that I'm really keen to have. And I want to share it sit back relax enjoy <laughs> so we were- laughing we had to we had to push the button otherwise we'd be here for two hours talking about everything else including a nonna so um this is Maria Cocciolone is that how oh, it's okay, brava.
1: very well said I didn't get the cockolone I'm very impressed that's right
0: I think we might I think we might call you uh I think Maria Cannelone but that's probably only a Zing but anyway um, the reason I wanted to talk to you because I know your story, but I think other people should know your story. And I just love what I'm most impressed about. And as a business coach, we work with um, product companies everywhere. But I think what impresses me most is the way you respect what you call your partners. So they're not accounts, yeah. they're partners. And I think your BDMs are beautiful. And I think Thank you. It's yeah, my pleasure. And I really think that I like how, you know, you have that Italian, um, you know, everybody's yeah. of value. Everybody's. Yeah. Everybody needs to be fed. The familia. And the familia. <laughs> that's right. So if you don't know, I was Italian for 17 years when I was married <laughs> and then I went back to being an Aussie and I've just clicked over 17 years being an Aussie. So I was 23 years an Aussie, 17 in Italian and back to 17. So I do, I have Um. A, There's
1: a nice piece of the pie in there that's Italian still. Yeah, I
0: think so. Or well, the been,
1: Panettone. The
0: Panettone.
1: And, uh, and
0: when I met my husband and my, uh, he thought I was Italian and then I went to meet his mother and she said, no, this one, Italian for sure. So I've always had a, <laughs> a bit of a drawing. And I think it's because I, I've always loved food, cooking, and I love people. I'm just, I'm a yeah. bit fascinated. What's your story? You know, so, and that's why this podcast, I want to know the story behind Maria, who started in the garage. I, do, I have mm. a picture of you with two plastic buckets mixing up stuff. I don't know that's how it worked, but anyway. no. and how, <laughs> uh, That's right. And how, and how <laughs> you ended up to where you are today. So lucky you're here to tell the story. So welcome, Marie. <laughs> Maria. That's how rumours
1: start, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so tell me, beauty <laughs>
0: therapist first, I think.
1: Yeah, beauty therapist first. I um, I graduated in 1985. Um, Yes, coming from an Italian family, my parents had these great dreams of me being a doctor or uh, a lawyer. Uh, Fair to say that I probably encouraged those dreams. And that's really what I thought I wanted to do. I always had the gift of the gab. And um, as you know, I'm a a twin. And as a twin, you're always really compared. So I was the one with the the big mouth. So I was going to be the doctor (laughs) or I was going to be the lawyer. There's always one, right, that has to be the big mouth. And, um, yeah, so I went and did my work experience in a law firm and day one I was like, I don't think so. This is so (laughs) bloody boring. I'm not going to like this. And I really had no idea what I was going to do and in my HSC year, my final year, went to a careers market, and I'll never forget, I walked up these stairs and there was this big stand, a beauty therapy stand, and I was like, Ooh, what's beauty therapy? I didn't even know what beauty no. therapy was. I don't, I don't think that I'd have ever been exposed to a, a clinic or... Um, I probably wasn't even using skincare at that time but uh, I did have I did no no I had problematic skin though I had um, acne skin so I was probably using you know the clearer seals and those sorts of creams and I went up to the stand and I by chance I just got to speak to um, Diana Nolan the principal of the school and the more she spoke the more I fell in love and by the end of the conversation I was like I'm going to be a beauty therapist. That's what I'm going to do. Mm. So I went home and I said to my mum and dad, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a beauty therapist. And my Italian parents went, you're going to be what? I said, I'm going to be a beauty therapist. Get, and uh, I don't know. I, see, now we don't call ourselves beauty therapists as much as we call ourselves estheticians. If I had known that Back in the day, I, if I had said I'm going to be an esthetician, they may have been able to understand "estetista," which is very similar in Italian. That's but cool. no, my dad understood a massage therapist in Kings Cross. Oh, so nice. yes, yeah, so I did not speak to me for three months. Um, was <laughs> not going to have his daughter that was going to be doing massage in Kings Cross. So, um, you know, I'm like you, I guess, Lisa. That no one was going to tell me. Like when I knew what I was going to do i was going to do it irrespective and 35 years ago my um diploma of health science cost me eight and a half thousand dollars Wow! so not only, yeah not only did i find the school i found this school, good. and yeah. um yeah i was a, a checkout chick at franklin's you know the good old supermarket yes, yes, yes i worked my way up from uh, from a uh, on the registers to the front end controller my dad would go like you're gonna own franklin's go, like, no dad i'm gonna be a beauty therapist and so um <laughs> i got through to i think my last uh, trimester where i needed some extra money and i met uh, mario in that, that that last bit and my husband and um yeah i did whatever i had to do to make that money and i graduated with double honors and i absolutely loved the course like you know I hated um, chemistry at school I hated physiology and anatomy at school uh, but when I knew what I was relating them to and how they could help me in a job then I was like 99% 100% so I, I sort of yeah I had this the word beauty therapy for me was where my first love started and it's it's been the biggest blessing of my, um, my life, Lisa. I, ha- I have loved this career, absolutely loved it, loved it. Full of great people, isn't it? I just think oh, people, people, aren't they? It's very special. Like, you know, um, look, you know, it's, it's changed over the years. I've been doing it for 35 years and I had a conversation with uh, a lady yesterday that works across many of the industries, and she said to me, you do know, Maria, that some of these women in this industry are quite bitches, don't you? And I sort of went yeah like I said I think it's just the pandemic and she said no no she said I work well, a lot of across
0: a lot of yeah, industries. women she said, can be catty women can <laughs> be catty and men can be catty too but I think yeah. I didn't really like groups of women I used to shy away from groups of women I'm a very I've got a lot of masculine energy I just tell it how it is and I think that saves everybody a lot of time but not everybody wants to do that and I think there's a there's a I remember this um story about Christmas time they said that if the three wise men were three wise women, they would have bought uh, um, things to eat, you know, casseroles <laughs> and things, and they would have uh, vacuumed the, the, the manger and they yeah, yeah. this and that. And then when they left, they would have said, did you see Joseph's shoes? That's all. <laughs> Absolutely. And I thought, that's pretty right too, isn't it? You know, they it want is. help and they are very practical, but then they just can't help but say, Yeah, see Joseph's shoes. And I think Mary, oh, she's not looking, she's
1: yeah. pounds. So, I think, well, you know, I actually left the industry, Lisa, in, um, I remember it uh, because I was pregnant with Alex, it was 1991. and No, that's cats, 98. And, um, I had gone into a seminar, uh, it was the days of the Australian Association of Beauty Therapists, the AABTH, and I walked in and these girls were like, oh my God, your belt is absolutely amazing. And it was that last sort of, I guess, you know, piece of the puzzle that I needed to sort of go, you know what, I'm out of here, this is just bullshit. It's just, it's it's really not real, it's all about the, the, the beauty, the superficial side of beauty. And um, I went and did a, a course in, a diploma in HR. And being pregnant, I sort of thought, I'll just do the diploma. I felt like I'd been doing HR anyway for many years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just did that and I, that people will be my product. That's what I want. I love people. People will be my product. And so I, um, I had Alex and Mr. DeLorenzo, Vincent DeLorenzo Senior. I'd already worked for him once in my career and he was going for his ISO accreditation with his business. And he rang me, he said, um, he used to call me Young Lady, they were the days. Young Lady, have I heard correctly? Is it a HR course that you're doing? I thought, it, it is, Mr. Lorenzo. He said, well, look, you know, I need to have a HR department to get my ISO accreditation. Can I talk you into a three month contract? And I said to him, I just had a baby. He said, well, you've got your mum. You'll be fine. He said, your mum's just down the road from the office, isn't she? I said, she is. And that's what I did. I went and did the, um, the three months in supposedly HR, but I was sort of in, back in the hairdressing industry. And then I stayed three months, turned into, I think it was about two years. And then you'll appreciate this. Hugh Gresham came in as the general manager of DeLorenzo. And he said, uh, what's this bullshit? What's this HR shit? And I said, what? <laughs> he said, Look, we don't need that in this company. Um, we don't need HR. What is that? He goes, if you've got a human resource department, he said, people will come here with problems because you've got a place for them to come. So let's just get rid of that. And he said, whatever job you want, tell me the job you want and you can have the job. And I said, you know, um, thank you. I've loved being back at De for the second time, but I think it's time to go back into the beauty industry. And, and I've stayed ever since. Then so it was like, I don't know how many years ago, forever ago. And that HR would have been good for you? I loved business. it. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Well, you know, I think that like you in the job that you do and anybody that owns a clinic and certainly for me and what I do every day, you do HR anyway. Mm. And I sort of felt like maybe if I got on a piece of paper, if I got a diploma, if I really loved it, I'd go and do a degree or my master's. But um, I, it was enough. That year was enough. I just needed to step away. And then i could come back in and uh, and just pick up the next next level of Have a break industry. too i
0: think sometimes do, doing something forever is is you don't appreciate it as much until you you know it's like when your children leave yeah. home and then they come home and you're happy that you go sit down don't do the dishes i'll do them whereas yeah. when they're living with you, you go you do the dishes
1: you do the dishes <laughs> so you know a- I, it, it's it was a nice learning too because it's a lot of times people think that they need to have formal um, uh, oh, de- like degrees, formal education. But for me, having done HR, uh, unofficially, I guess, and going into doing my diploma, like the theses that you needed to write and the um, essays and the case studies, I remember being pregnant and crying my eyes out going, head, this is bullshit. This isn't happening in real life. This doesn't happen in an office environment because the stuff that happens in real life when you manage businesses, that's real and raw and mm. no one can really prepare you for that in the, um, the textbook. So it did make me appreciate the fact that my life lessons had already set me up really well and to have a piece of paper was nice at the end too. Yeah. And
0: I think for me when I learned things through my education along the way, I'd already done it in real life and so it was just yes. putting a label on it. You know, like um, instead of saying things like, "Well, who's going to freaking take my place?" That's called concession plan succession planning. <laughs> succession planning. Yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What we just said is, I don't know who's going to do the frigging this because I might be here. You know, so yeah. putting a, a proper title to things, the formality to it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's easier to explain to people so now your product company tell me how that came about so at this point you're still a hair, you're still a beauty therapist you're not a product company you don't have the
1: no oh i'm a long way off being a product company at this stage so yeah i i, I graduate and i end up with three jobs my um, principal employs me in uh, one of her clinics and then i've got another two clinics that i work in and for many many years i have my own clinic at home as well because i love this so much and the hands on side that it's not enough like nine to five thirty, I come home and then I have my clients at home as well. And then I was really quite happy in, um, in clinic environments. And it was the days of the perfumeries. The beauty clinics tended to be more at the back of a uh, perfumery. And so I was offered a position in um, in Fairfield, in Sydney, um, beautiful perfumery, and I ran the um, the salon at the back. I worked with a product company, a French product company called Stendal. It's not even around anymore. And I just had a knack for selling. Like when I say a knack for selling, I'm not a good salesperson. I'm just a very caring esthetician. For me, it was like you got skin, you've got a goal, I'm going to help you get there. But the only way I can help you get there is that you're going to have to do stuff at home. Come and see me once a month. Come and see me um, once every week for four or six weeks. I'll do my job, but you have got to do your job in order for me to be able to give you the results that you're looking for. Pretty simple, right? So I used to hit some really massive um, sales targets in this job that I was in. And so this company then sort of poached me and sort of said, you don't want to be, you don't want to be doing this, like, you know, come work for us. For sure. we,
0: we need you somewhere else is what really We
1: need you somewhere else. I'm like, oh, okay, doing what? And they said, well, how about being a travelling um, consultant? I go, what's a travelling consultant? We want you to go from, you know, salon to salon and, and do promotions and VIPs and because it was the days of the perfumeries, I even found myself in um, Town Hall Station spraying fragrances and, you know, the days where there was just a small amount of fragrances. And um, so. When I did that, when I left the salon, there's four walls of a salon and got in my car every day and went somewhere different, that was that next aha moment for me. It was like, oh my God. So today I'm here. This is my experience. This is my learning. Tomorrow I go here. I've taken like all that learning from yesterday is in my filing cabinet. Most places have got the same challenges. So, you know, you go in, they say, oh, what about this? What about that? You go through your filing cabinet and go, oh, here's the answer for this. Oh, here's what you could do. Have you ever thought about doing this? Like, you know, we, we all do it, right? You see something, you learn something, you put it in your filing cabinet, and then you just say, have you thought about doing this? And they go, oh, my God, you're amazing. That's amazing. And, the, and you sort of don't go, oh, no, I learned that yesterday. You just run with it, right? Yeah. You just run with it, and so before I knew it, I was loving going from salon to salon, and I was doing—I I guess I was doing a good enough job that I went from being a traveling sales consultant, uh, yeah, consultant, to the national sales and education manager at 21 years old for this French company. Oh, that's young yeah it was, and um everybody like my BDMs that were under me, they were like you know twenty years, thirty years older than what I was, and but it didn't matter for me that doesn't like you know you're just a group, you're a team right, you do whatever you have to do. Then the next aha moment was giving me wings, putting me on a plane. When I realized that I could do that learning from mm-hmm. state to state, well that was it the 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 wings was, yeah, that was a, a, my career literally took flight and so as a national sales and um, uh, education manager i did a lot of the education personally because the company was a smaller company and then i worked with building teams and and building sales and territories Mm -hmm. so really from there i um yeah that was an interesting one i worked for them for a couple of years and then i fell pregnant um and i remember maria coming to the hospital so i just had this beautiful baby girl i was like Twenty-five years old, I was like, you know, you know what it's like when you have a child. There's nothing that can take the shine away, right? Except for an A4 envelope that Maria brought to the hospital. He goes, oh, I didn't know whether to bring this to you or not bring. it go, what is it? He said, oh, your employer sent your your contract. I said, what contract? He said, well, if you don't go back to work like pretty much straight away, then you've lost your job. Oh, wow. So, obviously, it wasn't the laws of today, and that was never oh. going to happen. So I was like okay in the long story show I basically told my employer that they could stick their job up their ass and that um, I was just going to enjoy my baby and and then I'd say what would happen from there and what happened from there basically I worked for a number of different companies after that um, and I think that you'll hear me say often that I worked for my last two companies were companies that taught me basically what not to do in business how not to treat employees. And um, and I I guess that l- the last time I was in a situation where it was quite a, uh, a controversial um, case that took place in the beauty industry where a brand was sabotaged and copied and I was working for that company at the time and when I saw what was going on and what could be, it went to the high courts and everything like that, I was like, oh, dear God, like really and truly, i'm done i'm not going to work for anyone anymore when i worked for somebody i worked for them like their business was my business so i figured in um was it 2007 that um if i was going to work for anybody it was going to be for myself and that's how in skin cosmetics started and uh, i imported a brand out of california and so I, I was a distributor that's the garage story is that i um, set up the brand and the warehouse in the garage and uh, you'll hear me say that where, how my day changed was because I worked with myself and I. If I was wearing heels, I was working in the top part of the house and I was, you know, doing like, you know, administration and um, uh, um, emails and that sort of thing. And then I was on my way out the door to do sales and education. And if I was in flats, I was in the garage picking and, and packing um, boxes. Yeah. And that's where Inskin started from, um, 2007. And
0: did
1: you think, well, I could have my brand? Is that what made you think you could have your brand? <laughs> so I uh, started with this brand out of California. Six months after that, I picked up the emergency brand that um, had been the brand that was sabotaged. Um, and I couldn't keep that in my garage anymore. I went to uh, commercial premises. Uh, and so then I was working with two brands that were owned by two men, And neither of them that had skin experience. So one came from the rag trade and the other one was more um, a writer or a philosopher. And so uh, the emergency was always fine. But the other one, the guy was, didn't get skin at all. So like, you know, sometimes I'd have an issue. For example, I had a product that tinted the skin yellow and uh, I called him and said, this new product, you know, is tinting the skin yellow. And his, and his answer to a lot of things was, oh, my God, Marie, it only ever happens in Australia. It doesn't happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And one day I said to Marie, one day I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick his, product on his ass but if I did that I and then twisted. realized once you
0: get it in there twisted <laughs>
1: twisted exactly and one of those really fiery um pedal to the metal type um acids would have been really good but then I you went then with every person that you employ and every partner that you take on you then start this really big sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and if I was to be that fiery Torean italian female and tell him just to stick it up. his ass. what about the people that believed in me and invested in me? And they've got menus printed and training and shills dedicated to my product. So I said to Mario, you know, I am going to start my own brand. He said, how are you going to do that? I said, well, I'm going to find a cosmetic chemist. I actually already knew a cosmetic chemist. I said, I'm just going to start with 13 products. He said, seven. I said, 13. He goes, seven. I said, 13. We started with 13. And, um, and we're just going to, you know, I'm just going to, Start with the 13 products that I know that I have to have and then go from there. And it really was the reason for me taking control of my own brand was so that I never let anybody down because someone else had let me down. So if I'm going to let my partners down, it's because I'm going to make the mistake. Say again? And that means that you can fix it.
0: So if you let someone down, you can fix it. Whereas if someone else up the food chain lets you down,
1: sometimes you can't fix it exactly right so and then you know i knew that i was going to be able to build something and i did i ever think that i'd build something like i have today never never gave that any thought Mm -hmm. did um you know i think that i would have like a company like Inskin with you know 50 employees never gave that any thought i just did what i needed to do at the time and um one of the things that i'm proudest about that that i didn't give any thought to because i think if you do think about it you know if you think something through too much you sort of go god i better not do that but the big thing was that and i said this to the girls in my i sent them a message the other night at 2am i go oh my god big idea here i was just thinking about influencers and i just thought we don't need to worry about influencers people that are just taking on a job and they, you know, they, they decide whether they like this product or don't because of the feel or the smell, and they really don't know anything about it. We, I launched to the most critical expert market possible, and that was the beauty therapist. Like, you know, think about that. Is there going to be anyone more critical? Yeah, you can't trick them. They know. We can't, yeah. And you know what? Maybe in the beginning there were some that went, oh, we feel sorry for her. She's got a brand and she's got no customers. Let's take the brand. but. It doesn't matter how much you care for someone, how much you you think they're great, if their brand is not going to build your business, if it's not going to be profitable, if it's not going to transform skins, and then you have to say, babe, I love you, but this brand's not working for me. Mm -hmm. So that makes me very proud in the fact that um we've got you know thousands of experts that have chosen to work with O Cosmetics and with ginger and me now um and are doing really really well so it's um it, uh, god a dream come true a dream come true and, then, and
0: when i remember going to your event i think it was is at the end of the year event and you had the the awards where people get You know, awarded for their the in
1: skin pop awards, yes,
0: pop awards, and I I just remember saying to you, wow, this is so good. Like I would love to have an award for the in project for people who've excelled in rebooking and excelled in lost clients, you know, not losing clients, and excelled in all of those things, you know. And I just yeah you think that it'll, it's a dream and then eventually it sort of comes to them. You have these little moments.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, say, what
0: absolutely. Like if you told me this 10 years ago, I'd have said, oh, you what are you talking about? But I think that's a, there's a real lesson there because... It's like the next step learning and we talk about that all the time. You know, there's a certain amount. There's some personalities who want to know what's step 8, nine, ten, and 12. And I was just talking before to you about um, my son, who now we've realised has a touch of autism. But when he was a child, he had to know what all the steps were and he had to know, like, when people would come to our house, he'd say, are, are you sleeping at our house tonight? He'd have to know what the steps were. Whereas I'm thinking, Aaron, you're four. What does it matter? Like... <laughs> Are yeah. you're going to be making the bed. What does it matter? She won't be sleeping in your bed. But that was his um, understanding. But I think most people aren't like that. And I think just teach the next step. Do the next step learning. So it could be the same set in your career. If you told me the day that I decided, I think I'll be a hairdresser mum, I wouldn't have realised I'd be where I am today. But yeah. I- but I didn't need to know that because that's only going to cloud my today. Let's just work on today. So what's the next step? The next step we're trying to work out is how do we get X done or how do we fix that problem? And, and then you fix that problem and it will create another one. Uh, one we find um, is a trouble for us is we teach people how to recommend retail. So unless they're doing half, over half, then we're not happy. So if yeah. they're looking after 100 clients a week, they've got to move more than 50 products, right? Otherwise, you're not caring for your clients and we won't have That's people. right. And so what happens then is you've got people who weren't recommending products and now they're recommending problems. So they ring up and they say, oh, they're fighting. Sarah says she sold it to the lady. And and she said, well, no, it wasn't. (laughs) And I said, well, hang on. And I said, hang on a minute, let's just celebrate this new problem because this is way better than the
1: one. How good is this? (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
0: So there will always be a challenge, but it's just a different challenge on a different day. With a you know, you have got to get yourself some ripper problems. Like the problem I want is the biggest tax bill ever. That's my problem.
1: Mm.
0: If I'm paying incredible mm. taxes, then that means I'm making exceptional money.
1: Yeah, I, I remember as my company got bigger, and um, what's that terrible tax that no one can explain to you? Um, <laughs> There's a few of them. <laughs> not, not pay as you go. There's another one that when you capital employ gain. over a certain, is no, the one that when you when you pl- employ over a certain amount of people, then they. They crucify you for it. I was like, what am I paying that? Is it provisional? Oh, I can't even think of it. I go, what am I paying that pay for? And they go, "People." why am I paying that tax? And they said, because you employ X amount of people. I go, yeah, but it's about, I don't understand. Like, so I'm being punished because I employ X amount of people. I go, yeah, sort of like that. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. But going back to what you were saying before, it's like, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time dreaming of what they want to do. And um, when people say to me, did you ever dream of this success? I I, I find myself saying, no, I worked for it. Like if you've got your getting in the clouds, I'm gonna, 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 gonna. It's like the little frogs on the lily pad. you know, there's that frog, they sit on the lily pads and like they, they want to get to the other side, they want to get to the bank and, but they just sit there because they're scared in case they jump and they miss the lily pad, they end up in the water. But what if they didn't and they did get across to the other side and, and could do something? You can so get can, out of the water, you can climb out yeah, of the water. Yeah, absolutely, them. you're just you're a bit out. wet, right? We've all been wet, we've all been half drowning, like, you know, it's just mm. the, way, the way that it is. But um, you'll see on one of my bios, I think it says, um Sandra had written that bio. My daughter, who's my marketing manager, and she said um, uh, Maria always had a dream of um, creating a candle line. I love, like, love, love, love candles. Spent a fortune on candles. They're always burning. And I, I, have been heard to say, I'd love to create a candle brand. And so uh, she says to me, How's that working for your mum? I go, Don't worry, guess it's coming. It's coming. Just, exactly right. It's two skincare brands. Like I didn't, I. I, so, O just happened and did really well. And then I met um, my uh, O distributor, Nicola Quinn, who is uh, in New Zealand. And she needed a second brand. And very long story short, stupid, he said, like, if you can't find what you're looking for, we'll just make one. Not a problem. <laughs> well, there you go. There's Ginger and me. That was the second brand. So within Ginger Me, I've got three stunning candles coming for Christmas. Can't wait really? to show everybody. Yeah, That's they're gorgeous. Amazing. I've had candles before, but it's just been a beautiful vessel and not very well branded or anything like that. It was sort of like an add-on, but these ones are just like absolutely the ant's pants. So here's a little bit of my candle brand coming. No, very nice, <laughs> very nice. And I think
0: I've been listening to motivational um, people in the morning to get me to do my ab work before i go to the gym blah 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 and um there's a story that one of famous actors says and he says the lion and the gazelle are both animals but he said when their eyes lock the gazelle runs out of fear because that's the Mm. way they're wired but Mm. the lion his his face lights up and he says game on yeah
1: that's right
0: it's really how you tackle a a challenge isn't it you know it's like And I think the 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 greatest lesson I learned was to it's okay to fail. In fact, it's the only way to learn.
1: To learn. Yeah. It hurts, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hurt, but you it, just gotta it,
0: take some time to yeah. have a think about what's really going on here, you know. And I and I think we none of us like to be criticised or misunderstood or taken for granted or something. But I've always yeah. loved. Um, and I, I can't say it's conflict, but I think the word conflict sounds like some confronting, you know, it's in your face. But yeah. I've always loved the clarity that comes when you put two people in a room. You know, you and I have had some misunderstandings and I just think, just yeah. talk to you. Just talk to me.
1: Right? I know. And not okay. enough of that happens. It's like people sort of, the emotion comes first. And then there's, there's a block and a barrier and no one gets anywhere and that lasts too short for that. And I'm noticing through this pandemic that we're seeing a little bit of that where some of our partners, um, you know, are, I'm just gonna say it, being a little bit rude and a little bit nasty to customer care or to the BDMs. And it's not necessary. It's just the way that you, um, you know, ask the question can be, look, just, I just need to understand. I'm just seeking to understand this has happened. Is, is that right? Could, no, should I'm this have been different? Am I you? missing something? Yeah. But no, when you sort of like, you know, you hit hard, then they're going to get their back up as well. Like, you know, we had an incident yesterday where we did make a tiny mistake, didn't warrant the um, the way that we were treated. Um, and I said to the girl that made the mistake, you're going to have to call her today and you're going to have to say, I missed that note on, the, on your file. And uh, I just want to let you know that I'm really sorry that that happened. Mm. That's it. You know, and I've probably had that happen five times in my business and the uh, four times that uh, before this one, I haven't heard what's happened today. Um, the, the individual sort of said, look, I think it's me that needs to say I'm sorry. I was having a bad day and I didn't mean to speak to you like that and I'm really sorry. And just it's nice when you can come to that understanding. Look, Lisa, I've been in this industry for 35 years. I don't want to cross the road for anyone. I've got ex-employees that, you know, there's a couple, there's like a couple in like a hundred of them that I could say that I really want nothing to do with, but if they, they were to walk into this office or I was to uh, see them at an expo, I would still say hello because life is is short and it says more about you than it says about them. We all know, and no one means to, no one, like, you know, no one means to upset the other person. And I always say that the intention, people's intentions are always good. You know, I uh, might, 28 year old daughter, that mum that's not true not everyone's intention is good like you yeah, you're just too no, nice I'm, no, you're I'm like too it. kind no like, prove me I'm, wrong prove I'm me wrong
0: going, yeah i'm not going to yeah. i'm not going to be like that and i say to salon owners all the time that employee didn't wake up and think right how can i shit my yeah. boss out? i know <laughs> what i'll do I'll leave the lid off the peroxide that'll send her off her tits yeah, yeah. Like, it's even, right yeah they're yep. just not thinking they they're being selfish perhaps or and i think what has happened in that i've noticed in the pandemic is that people have whatever you are is just magnified it didn't change anybody so if you're a kind person you're even more kind yeah. if you're an asshole you're being a bigger one
1: yeah Right? Yes. So it's
0: just magnified who you Sad are. Sad
1: but true, absolutely. And, and I
0: think some yes. people, when when the going gets tough, like I was talking about my son being unwell, you know, or had to sort out some drama with the doctors got it wrong and mucked up his appointment. He's very stressed about that. And I just said, can can you tell me why you would give him an appointment time in a month's time and not give him a time of the day? You give him a day, but you don't give him a time. And now he worries about when it is. Could you? Of course. she said, well, it depends on who's working or something. I said, well, could you give him a time? And then make sure that the day before that you... That you just confirm it. You confirm it. And then he's not waiting all day till 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock and looking at his phone and whether he's... Because I said that really upset, unsettles him. And he said, oh, I didn't realise that. So you don't go in growling, but what's mm. really good of it is that's, that's my joy. I can do that. So I go, okay, so clearly I've missed something here, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Whereas other people go, oh, they're hopeless and they go on. And I go, but you haven't fixed anything because... Mm. All you're doing is saying they're hopeless, but the person can't hear you. Why don't you go in and ask, what could we do? Yeah. Would it be I could call the day before, you know, get him to call the day before with that suit and then say, what time will my appointment be tomorrow? Because then the roster's done. It's not done a mm. month ahead, apparently. So there is a yeah. solution. Everything, like I think, Maria Every
1: problem has got a solution. Yeah, it's, yeah, good, it's true. It. So, yeah.
0: Own your part. Yeah. It's the same as, you know, I, I'm lucky enough or misfortune enough and I had a divorce. So... You know, you've got to learn that people don't walk away from a marriage that's working. They walk away yeah. from a marriage that isn't working. Now, if it might not be working for both parties, but and you're still with your first husband. So that's wonderful. But when you <laughs> learn to divorce, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot that you can teach people about the way you behave, you know. So
1: sure, absolutely. You
0: know, and if you uh, get, well, I own this much of it, and this is what I did that I should have spoken up earlier, I should have, I should have, I should have, but just own that shit, you
1: know? It's never one person. Yeah, look, it's all a learning, right? I, I I'm a big believer that in life some of your biggest blessing blessings come from some of the hardest lessons. You know, but you just have to be open to that to, to, to looking for the blessing because there is even with the pandemic, you know, there are so many silver linings that have come from it. Is it shit? Is it hard? Are people breaking? Is it de- absolutely it goes without saying. But you like, you know, you can as I say, to some of my partners, you can have your shit day. You know, you can you can visit that shit day, but you can't unpack your bags. You, you're you're out of there, and no one's going down on my watch. I will not accept anybody throwing in the towel and giving up. But have a shit day, have a cry, have a breakdown, but from that needs to be some sort of breakthrough, you know. And so I think if that if you
0: keep repeating it, like if you say, "Guess what happened this morning," then yeah. you you're still revisiting it. Why don't you move on? Because you're just going to do that again. Yeah, Then you get all to the day and then you tell the next person, guess what happened to me this morning? Oh, we're going back to that, are we?
1: Why haven't we moved <laughs> on? I don't understand. That does my head in, absolutely does my yes. head in. But look, I think, yeah, problem, solution, you know, I've got my mum that turns 80 um, this year and she lost uh, my dad three years ago and she's got some decisions that she needs to make about moving out of a very big, you know, wog home and uh, she says, oh, money I missed that problem. I go, mum, problem, solution. She goes, oh, no, I go you know what, mum, it's the problem, here's the solution. When you're ready, let's have a chat. But I also want you to know that in the meantime, if something goes wrong, I'm not taking your problem on because I've given you a solution. you just got to find the courage to step up. And that's basically life, right? That's basically life.
0: Yeah, and some people are hardwired to to sit in the stink. You know, I always remember Tony's mum. She'd have um, these old slippers that she used to wear. They were disgusting. She had only sons and no-one cared how she looked as long as the food kept coming. And because I was the first daughter-in-law that came along and we got on like a house on fire. And I remember going into the back door and saying to her, those slippers, Mum, they're disgusting. She goes, oh, look at this one. I go for the garden, this one, that's a matter. So on the way out, I just put them in the bin. And she said, where is this one? I said, Mum, you've got two in the cupboard from the last two Mother's Day. I don't give a shit. There's your thing. And the father said, very good at this one australiana really
1: good (laughs) australiana australiana
0: she had a clothes pack for when she died they've gone out of fashion about 14 times i said you're going to be dead no one's looking at you so you know sometimes you have to use different strategies for different people and business is just solving problems
1: it absolutely is and putting yourself in the other person's shoes like when anything happens and here i always say to my team as well so even the, the situation we had yesterday, I said, there's more to this. Someone doesn't just lose their shit for this situation. There's more to this. And then as we delved and found out, and my, my um, one-liner is always, and there it is, <laughs> and there it is. I always that's say, isn't that interesting? I always say, isn't
0: that interesting? <laughs> then you find out that her husband left her and something else and something yeah. else. You get yeah. the shellacking and you go, isn't that interesting? yeah yeah (laughs) it's
1: so true true. So i think that that more of that is needed just in the world not just in business but certainly in business i think that there has to be a a two-way respect you know um i call my partners partners over clients and accounts because we are partnering each other's dream i have a dream i have my goals i have my you know my wishes where i'd like to be but so do my partners so, when we're partnering, we're partnering each other's dreams and we're helping each other build our dreams, right? So, and it's the same with your, your employees. Like, I hear employees that speak bad about their employer, like, oh, my boss is a bitch. And I sort of laugh and go, why are you working for a bitch? Like, you've got a choice, just move on. And I hear employers that say, oh, my staff are so dumb. So, what? Like, I don't want to, I don't want dumb people working for me. I don't want to be the bitch. Like, let's get this together it's like what is it that you need to be happy every day and to come to work every day what do you personally need what do you professionally need and I make it very clear like you know ask my staff about uh, all my team about the bathrooms yeah you know I lose my shit over the bathroom so it like, literally <laughs> it's like um hello is there a reason why there's no toilet paper is there a reason why there's water on the floor is there a reason why the flowers aren't in that section why is the pino clean on display as an ornament people know that about me like you know i come in and they probably cleaned up and i see that one piece of paper on the ground They get oh damn we missed that because they know that I believe that the way that we look, the way that the the business looks and the workplace and the desktops and workstations, is it portrays the the attention to detail that we have in our brands. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of like, if I, didn't explain i did an induction yesterday when people come into inski we uh, they go on an induction and they meet everybody in the office they work in every department including in the um, the warehouse and when they meet me they understand like where i've come from where i'm going the culture of the business and i always say to them like you know just make sure that you change the toilet roll right <laughs> it's like and i said i tell you this because it's important here everybody knows that we all work together you know and i do believe that if you want to you know want to know more about a company check out their toilets Absolutely. check out their bathrooms
0: well you'd be very impressed with mine because years and years ago i went in to see this salon in um, St Kilda, it was a hair salon. There's a really lovely gay chap, which I'm still in contact with now. His name's Jay, um, Jay as well. Anyway, he said, I said, so what are you wanting to achieve in your business? Why is it that you've reached out to me that you want to work with a business mentor or coach? And he said, "I'll show you." And he said, "Come with me." And he takes me out the back to the toilet. And I'm thinking, "Where are we going? What's going on here?" And if he wasn't gay, I probably would have thought, "Oh, I think this is a bit inappropriate, isn't it?" <laughs> he takes me out to the toilet, and he was painting the the whole salon. All the walls are black, which I've never seen anything like. And I thought, "Oh, I don't really know what's going on." And he said, "See the toilet roll?" And I said, "Yeah." And it was folded with a V, like in a hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he said, "That's the five star. I can do it there." But he said, "I can't do it everywhere else in the business. I want you to show me how to get." Oh,
1: it. how cool is that! I love that.
0: That's and I thought it interesting. So, what I do now when I get up, when I'm sitting on the toilet, I take my toilet paper that I'm going to use. I put it on my lap, and then I fold it
1: for the next one. It's awesome to know that you've got a cleaning job up your sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> you it. Need it. I don't know, but. My kid nice. in Queensland, she folds
0: it. It's not even a fold. I haven't had the heart to say that is a shit V. You can't even do it properly, love. Like you
1: can't even it. do a V, yeah. But, it's, but it's, it this is, reminds this is, me this is, of quality. Yeah, it's the Tiffany Bow experience, and we talk about that here at InSkin all the time. Like, how can we give our partners the Tiffany Bow experience so that when they talk about InSkin or they talk about Oh or Ginger Me, that they go oh, my God, it's just like when just their voice makes you want to know more because they're so passionate and they love it so much. It's that that whole culture thing, right?
0: Yeah, it is. It's like a chocolate on the pillow when you stay in a hotel. You think it's probably 60-cent chocolate, but the fact that someone came and folded your bed back when you were out and put a chocolate there, it's it's an emotion that they're sending to you.
1: It is, absolutely,
0: Yeah. 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 Good. Well, I've, I've enjoyed that. That was really nice. You're very, very um, open and, and willing to share. And I think that it's oh the reason I want this is for. I want people to understand the people behind because sometimes they see you in places and people say the same to me and they go, oh, you're just, you're just like you are in your books or you're just... And I think, yeah, well, what would you expect me to be? But there's sometimes that lots of people would know you more than you would know them and they know... Yeah. They know the public face and I want to get to
1: know the person. Oh, look, Lisa, I never hide the fact that, you know, just recently we had a conversation with the team and it was said that, you know, Marie Kocciolani's got it all together. And, you know, even through the pandemic, she's just been this amazing strength and she's always smiling and she's always, you know, takes care of herself. And I don't want anyone to think that, you know, that if you'd asked me the wrong question today, that I wouldn't have balled my eyes out the mm-hmm. weight the weight is heavy you know the burden is heavy i, I have you know in skin is one company and owes another and ginger means another we've got the manufacturing plant um then just that, do that next line um which is the, the top priorities the people and there's people breaking everywhere and i sort of think you know i could choose to break with them but that's not going to help them you know so i choose to do massive hours and i do whatever whatever it takes to try and give everybody some hope. But there's days that, you know, I just sort of think, if I still just crawled under the sheets, would anyone notice that I wasn't in the office? Would anyone just like, just leave me for the day? But they're not going to leave me and I'm not going to leave anyone. So it's not, it's not easy. None of what's happening is easy. And um, I don't want anyone ever to think that my life has been, I'll tell anyone that will ask, my journey has been an absolute godsend a blessing and I have loved the good, bad and the ugly because everything has taught me something. But, shit, it's been a roller coaster, and there's been, like, some really, really difficult times, you know. So you only get out of life what you put into it. And, well, there'll, be you know, well, look...
0: there'll be more difficult times. There'll be more... Oh, God. You now, somewhere in the mess is a message, right? Like I said, my daughter's a doctor in the emergency room and I think, how do you do that sometimes? And she says, Mum, when somebody needs to be told that we're going to put turn your mum's machine off she said I'd rather it be me because I'll do it well
1: yeah absolutely so isn't that true she's a legend absolutely it's very hard like life is hard and it feels like it's getting harder but it's the mindset so if you just got to find what it is that gets you out of bed for me it's being there to make a difference for others and I'm just surrounded by beautiful people. Everything I do, like I wouldn't do this interview if I didn't love you or didn't think that you were awesome or that we didn't have a common interest. Like it's that whole thing about your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm old and ugly enough to now be able to go, "Oh, thanks. Look, I haven't got time to do that, but thanks for asking." Yeah, you know, you, you just do the. You, you do the, you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You just do the stuff that you love. So. By the time the day is over, you sort of go, you know what, it's been hard, but it's been a great day. It's been, yeah. And it's, okay. yeah. yeah. And there's always
0: wine, too, you know.
1: <laughs> there's always wine. There's
0: always wine. That makes <laughs> the When I say. That's where rose colored glasses come from, looking through a glass of red.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, I'm very good at that, too. But that's the Italian. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Lisa. Oh, thank you very much. It's been
0: a pleasure. And like I said, doing podcasts for a living is, is a joy. You know? yeah. Thank you for listening to Salon Conversations. I enjoy bringing them to you. So I hope that you enjoy them and that you will share them with other people in the industry that you think might enjoy. Them. If you'd like to get in touch with me, there are show notes at the end of every episode. Or you can find me on socials, Lisa Conway-Zing. Or you can go to my website,